Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today is February 28th, the last day of February, and happy Black History Month. Got that in just in time, the last day of February. And we're going to be talking some Black Panther today. So the Black Panther film has come out, and it has made a huge splash in many ways. So we're going to get into it. Uh, But before we do that, quick note, I had mentioned this last week, but this podcast, the Comic Sauce podcast, is now an official affiliate of... SVCC, the Silicon Valley Comic Con. Uh, So quick plug for the convention. SVCC takes place in San Jose, Friday, April 6th through Sunday, April 8th. It's a great con, so be sure to check it out. And if you do go, or if you know of anyone who is planning on going, be sure to have them purchase their tickets their photo ops, and autographs through the special Comic Sauce podcast link, which I will include in this episode's description. So be sure to purchase through the link and support this podcast. Right on. Okay, so let's dive into Black Panther. So wanted to bring up a bit of context. So last year, we did a Black Superheroes-themed episode during Black History Month 2017. And, you know, the Black Panther film was on the horizon, so we did discuss it. And we did discuss how a lot was riding on it. You know, a lot was riding on uh, this Black Panther film. And it's been pretty cool to see how uh, the release has been playing out. Because when I mentioned that there was a lot riding on it, the discussion we had about a year ago was that, you know, comic book fans, fans of black heroes, you know, we were looking forward to this movie, uh, but we didn't want to put a lot of pressure on it, you know. We didn't want to go in and feel like, oh, like, there's so much writing on this. And we just, you know, we wanted to just kind of have fun watching this movie. But the pressure really came from the, the, the Hollywood system, you know, the studio execs, because we know that they look at these films as as like little tests, right? You know, and we know that if Black Panther was not successful critically or commercially, chances are, you know, we wouldn't really get to see a lot of like people of color in superhero movies thereafter, right? So it's it's silly that it has to be this way, but that is the way it is, right? So, like I said, it is great to see how great 
this film is being received commercially as well as critically. You know, the box office has been amazing. You know, it's breaking records, and you know, I don't want to get into the details, but uh, it, it is phenomenal the way Black Panther is just crushing it at the box office, and it really has put to rest any fears that this movie would flop, that it would fail. I mean, I'm just talking monetarily. It has succeeded in so many ways, culturally, um, just, you know, a fun movie, it has succeeded. Um, But I'm just talking money-wise, and the money is significant here because of, like I said, the Hollywood system. So, you know, it begs the question, what next? So Black Panther really has succeeded on all levels. So now what, right? And, you know, to me, it's very positive, but the kind of unfortunate part is it doesn't really work both ways. And by that, I mean going into the release, there was a lot riding on it. And that factor was if it failed. If it failed, it would have been like a lot of bad ramifications. You know, it would kind of prevent major Hollywood tentpole movies from featuring not only black leading actors, but, you know, any sort of people of color in leading roles in these movies, right? And um, when I say it doesn't really work both ways, I'm saying that now that Black Panther has succeeded doesn't mean, oh, we're going to get tons of these people of color superhero movies. I'm saying not necessarily. I'm saying the success of Black Panther has prevented, you know, not having all that. But is it leading to, like, green lighting, like all of these people of color superhero projects? Not necessarily. At least not yet. I mean, we're not seeing any movement on that front. I think it's coming, you know. And I think um, there is a shift happening. People are starting to recognize that this stuff does generate money. And um, I think we're getting there. Um, But in terms of immediate changes, haven't seen it so much. And, you know, is Black Panther the, the, the big turning point we've all been waiting for? I think that, you know, is kind of yet to be seen. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I'm super optimistic, but, you know, we, we shall see. We shall see. All right? So let's get into the movie. So this has been out for a little while now. It released on President's Day. That weekend I did see it twice. I saw it in 2D on that opening Friday at the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland, California. Great crowd, great atmosphere, great movie. And then I saw it on the opening Sunday in 3D at the Alamo Draft House in San Francisco. And um, yeah, I really can say without a doubt that to me, this is a great movie and I really enjoyed it. That second viewing really kind of solidified it. Like, I was really highly highly anticipating seeing this, and I think that first viewing, there was a lot of excitement, and I think I was a little bit unsure, like, oh, was that really as 
as great as I thought it was. Um, but after the dust kind of settled and after that second viewing for sure, I was like, yeah, that was awesome. So let's get into it. Um, last week we kind of touched upon it, Porfirio and I, and we didn't go into spoilery stuff. So I think now we can go into spoilers. So spoiler alert, we're going to get into all the details on Black Panther. So yeah, I thought I might call out the highlights of the movie, like the, the best stuff for me. And there were a lot, you know, I probably won't be able to cover every every single awesome thing that happened in this movie. Um, but, you know, try my best to cover the highlights, in my opinion. So a huge part of why this movie worked well to me was the villain, Killmonger, played incredibly by Michael B. Jordan. He was so, so damn good in this movie. And yeah, I gotta call that out. Because I think with the MCU, if there is any criticism, it is often the villain. Like, there are some weak villains in the MCU. The Mandarin comes to mind. The Dark Elf from Thor the Dark World comes to mind. Um, But uh, Man Killmonger was so awesome. You know... The, the, what makes for a great villain is is not this, you know, one-dimensional, cookie-cutter, straight-out-of-the-comics character, you know. What makes for a good villain is a fully fleshed-out and developed person that you can really understand, you know. You, you want to understand their motivations, and I think... Jordan did like a phenomenal job with that. You know, he really made Killmonger a character you could understand. You really knew why he was doing what he was doing. And there were moments in this film that I almost like switched sides, you know, like the uh the relationship between Killmonger and T'Challa, the Black Panther. I think was sort of purposefully similar to certain characters we've seen in fiction as well as in nonfiction. You know, I think the Killmonger T'Challa relationship is very much like the Professor X and Magneto relationship we've seen in the comics and in movies. And on a nonfiction note, the relationship is very similar to the Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X relationship, you know? And I think, oh, when I say Malcolm X, this is like like the, the younger Malcolm X. I think later in life, Malcolm X, his views were more in line with MLK, but Killmonger really reminded me of a young Malcolm X. You know, these sort of extremist views on on racial justice, you know, like when when I think of Killmonger, I really think of this iconic image of Malcolm X holding an AK-47 looking out the window. To me, like that is Killmonger, you know, and 
yeah, you really you really get to know this guy, and it's pretty amazing. Like he is a murderer. He is a mass murderer, you know, um, and yet he's he's you know a sympathetic character. You really understand why he does what he does, and and like I said, at times. I was kind of down with his cause. Like, there's a moment in the movie. There's a moment in the movie, right around the middle of the movie. Killmonger has defeated T'Challa in ritual combat, and he takes the throne. He becomes the king of Wakanda. There's this cool, like, uh, rotating shot, like this villain shot of him taking the throne. Really cool. And he kind of lays out his plan, right? And, like, so often these moments... In superhero movies, it's kind of like this crazy sort of uh, cliche supervillain plan, you know, like the Lex Luthor plan of like causing an earthquake that'll have like the California coast drop into the Pacific Ocean, uh, these things, right? But his plan was like, whoa, when he laid it out, I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's a good fucking plan, you know? Basically, he says that he wants to take the resources, the technological resources of Wakanda, and help empower the oppressed around the world. People who have been oppressed around the world, give them this technology, empower them, allow them to revolt against their oppressors. And, uh, you know, and he, he, he puts it in the context of, like, what has T'Challa been doing? He's been sort of hoarding these resources, right? He's been keeping it in Wakanda and in secret, right? And kind of calling out T'Challa for just kind of maintaining this privileged lifestyle, maintaining the status quo for Wakanda and kind of turning his back on black people around the world so it's it's a pretty powerful statement you know and like i said it's it's uh it's a pretty solid plan you know uh if killmonger wasn't like such a mass murderer as well as kind of just kind of a rude person you know he he like chokes out women and he kills his girlfriend and um yeah he's a nice he's not a nice guy if he was a, a, a little bit cooler, she, I mean, I might be down with him more than T'Challa. At least the T'Challa we saw for a lot of the movie. Like later on, T'Challa kind of becomes the king that I think everyone is down with, right? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely didn't want to gloss over the villain. You know, Michael B. Jordan totally crushes it as this character and... Um, you know, I'm going to get into the, the heroic figures in this movie. But if there's one thing that really made this movie, this might be it. The villain of the movie, Killmonger. So on to the heroes. A lot of inspirational heroes in this movie. You know, the movie's called Black Panther, but it's not just about T'Challa, the Black Panther. You know... The Lupita Nyong'o character, Nakia. Black Panther's sister, Shuri. There's Okoye, M'Baku. There's, there's like a, a whole slew of awesome heroic characters. And that was super refreshing, man. You know, um, 
to to get to know these characters was pretty special. You know, like the, the movie is filled with a lot of action. We'll get into the action scenes later, um, but definitely takes time to develop these characters. And you know, like Killmonger, like there's some depth to these characters, and um, you really understand their motivations. And it's not all the same. There's all these gray areas and stuff, and you know, you really understand that. T'Challa really needs his allies. You know, he needs Nakia and Shuri and Okoye. And even, you know, uh, Agent Ross from the CIA, CIA, he needs him too. He needs M'Baku, you know, the Jabari warriors. And it's, uh, you know, it's a team effort. And everyone kind of brings something different to the table. Like Shuri brings her genius and her technical prowess you know and um you know shout out to Denai Guerrero as General Okoye man she's like the baddest ass in the whole movie man I mean I think you know 10 years killing zombies in Atlanta has definitely helped uh Denai you know train and and uh you know, become like physically a presence. Um, but yeah, you know, I can't say enough about about her performance. You know, her performance was such a such a home run in terms of of presence and um, just like she has this aura about her. I mean, she's just incredible. You know. So I think um, for a long time, people are going to be really like in love with these characters you know like killmonger is a very i think a divisive character and in a good way i think like he's controversial he should be he's he's not like he's he's uh he's straight out of a comic book or something he's this guy is like he feels like real life and um, i think different people can feel different ways about him but the heroic characters i think for a lot of people particularly young people, they're going to look at these characters and they're going to be like role models to them, you know, very inspirational, like I said. So let's talk a little bit about the fight scenes. There certainly are a number of pretty awesome fight scenes in this movie. You know, when I was hearing about the news of like who is being who is going to be involved in this project? You know, Ryan Coogler's director, this amazing cast, you know, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan as... Actually, it was kind of unclear who Michael B. Jordan was playing. Uh, when the trailers came out, it became clear he was he was a villain, but that, that was pretty much all we knew. But, you know, we did know that there was an amazing cast. And then to me, whenever you know, a new superhero movie comes out, I'm always questioning, like, well, how good are the action scenes going to be, you know? And there certainly are some pretty sweet action scenes in this movie. In particular, I would say the ritual combat scenes are really good. So there are two ritual combat scenes where T'Challa takes on M'Baku. That's when he officially becomes the king of Wakanda, T'Challa does. 
And then uh, later on, T'Challa takes on Killmonger, and that's when Killmonger overthrows him, right? Killmonger becomes the king. And, um, yeah, there's there's a certain rawness to, to those fights, you know. Um, Michael B. Uh, yeah, Michael B. Jordan worked with Kugler on Creed, and, you know, these two are... are um, very familiar with with fight scenes and I think it showed in that uh, ritual combat scene between T'Challa and Killmonger and there was yeah they, they, that felt real man when they were like on the edge of that waterfall like you felt the danger and um, <clears throat> there's no superpowers involved right as part of ritual combat the Black Panther takes this uh, this this potion that um, takes away um, the enhancing qualities of the heart-shaped herb, right? So when we see T'Challa in combat, in both of these scenes, he's fighting as like a regular dude, right? I mean, he's highly skilled, but he lacks the enhancements that uh, makes him essentially like Captain America, like a super soldier, right? Uh, so very cool, very cool, man. Also, there's a there's a whole sequence in Korea that's pretty awesome. There's this whole fight in a casino where we see Le- the Black Panther, Nakia, and Okoye just kicking some serious ass, man. <laughs> it's it's really cool. Um, there is some great action choreography. Uh, there's one moment, like kind of later on in the scene, where it's like one single take where the camera just follows the action around. And that's particularly impressive. And then, like, right on the heels of that, we see this car chase uh, through the, the streets of Korea that is, is pretty freaking sweet, too. And we do see uh, Shuri get involved remotely. We see uh, not only T'Challa, like, riding on top of a car, but also Okoye doing... Uh, something very similar and she busts out the vibranium spear and there's just like a number of really cool moments there so for sure you know i think on an action level black panther did did satisfy you know definitely okay so other highlights you know in the past i have mentioned certain films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how they've kind of elevated above others because they have a certain heart to them. They have this certain emotional quality. You know, I think that is absolutely here with Black Panther too. You know, in a different way. You know, I think with, um, let's say, uh, the first Captain America movie, Captain America, the first Avenger, that movie has a lot of heart. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, man, there are parts of that movie that I get emotional watching. You know, I I start to well up a little bit. The same can be said with uh, the sequel, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And the same can be said of Black Panther. You know, there were a number of parts of this movie, even upon second viewing, you know, I almost came to tears. You know, I knew it was coming, and I still got emotional. Uh, So the first one of those moments was when 
early on the early on in the movie Black Panther first returns to Wakanda and you get this awesome reveal of Wakanda you know um, and you know I think Coogler should um, get a lot of props for the visuals of this movie like Wakanda looks amazing and um, the costumes in the movie are amazing as well um, and you get all of that when when um, T'Challa and Okoye first arrive back at Wakanda and you get like like some really beautiful images you know you see Wakanda for the first time it's beautiful you see the people of Wakanda and the, the amazing clothes that they're wearing and uh yeah man I got emotional man like I, I saw this and this is like oh this is a new world and um we're getting to see something that we've really never seen before you know pretty special and then um cut to the uh the end of the movie there are a couple of moments there that I really almost cried <laughs> so there's um, this part where Killmonger is like talking with T'Challa, right? And basically, he's sort of like, I mean, they are kind of deciding whether or not he should live or die, Killmonger, right? Um, and T'Challa is telling him, it's like, oh, we have the technology to keep you alive, right? But Killmonger's like, just just let me die and then he makes a reference to the the slave ships from africa you know and uh, it is an incredible moment totally unexpected like who would have thought that a disney movie would have dialogue like this i mean it is it's crazy you know and, and it's great you know I, it was unexpected and it's so touching you know it's it, it's great social commentary, um, but it goes back to what I was talking about with Killmonger, where you really kind of relate to this guy. You understand his pain, you know, and he's 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 this crazy dude. He's 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 a murderer, um, but he's highly educated. He knows the history, and he knows like what black people have gone through in the United States. And that statement was, just, it hit hard, man. It was amazing. And then soon after, we see T'Challa giving a speech. So this is the mid credit scene. You know, um, I've heard in interviews, Ryan Coogler was debating ending the movie on this scene, you know, and then rolling credits. And it was an interesting decision to end in Oakland, roll credits, and then have this T'Challa speech as the mid-credits scene. And then, of course, uh, the post-credits scene um, at the very end where, again, spoiler, it's uh, the reveal of the Winter Soldier, which was freaking awesome too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that mid-credits scene, that got me emotional too, man. That was like, that was like a Barack Obama speech, <laughs> you know. It kind of reminded me of uh, his uh, his his election night speech, you know. 
in uh, 2008. So inspirational, you know. T'Challa is, he talks about um, opening up the world to Wakanda. And he never actually mentions vibranium, uh, but that's the implication. The, the implication is that T'Challa is going to, you know, end its secrecy about vibranium and kind of better the world by uh, you know, sharing this great technology to the world, right? And um, he makes references to not building barriers, but rather building bridges. It's really beautiful. And um, like I said, it's <laughs> it uh, nearly drew tears to my eyes. And um, yeah, so great, man. Like this is, this is this is the hero I wanted to see. You know, I wanted to see a guy that inspired, a guy that, you know, gets me excited, not only as, you know, like like a classic superhero who just kicks major ass, you know, beating up bad guys, but, you know, someone who can inspire on a deeper level like this too, right? Yeah, it's so great. So with all the positivity around Black Panther and its release, you know, the question, of course, is, was there anything, like, not so great about the movie? And like I've been doing so far in this episode, I've been leading with the good stuff, right? And I think we should because it's it's a moment to celebrate. This movie is, uh, is such a win for so many people and on so many levels. Um, bottom line is, like, everyone should be happy about this movie. Everyone should watch this movie. Um, oh, real quick before I get off the positives, one other positive I wanted to call—I wanted to call out—is um, the character of, of Ross, you know, the Martin Freeman character. So he very much is like, quote unquote, the token white guy in this movie, and it is kind of interesting that like he is the guy in this character who is so often a black guy <laughs> in another movie many movies we've we've seen this character and it's like the one minority right so it's like they flipped it and that's pretty cool to see um but even this character i think is is well developed and well portrayed you know like they could have easily taken this character and made him just the token white guy and just have him have him be there just to sort of like okay well let's not make this movie too black right um but no they 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 did cool stuff with him too and i think he really shows like what a great ally can be we've talked a bit about allyship on this show and um you know this character agent ross he he's he's a great ally you know he says it in the movie he says you guys need all the help you can get right and when we're talking social justice you know i don't want to get super political here but in the realm of social justice allies are needed you know when uh, people of color are trying to fight for representation for equal rights you name it they need help you know we talked about um that whole Ed Screen thing about him turning down that whitewashed role for Hellboy. 
and how like that's a great allyship move. It's a great thing because, you know, I think people of color really need white allies, right? And we see it here played out in in this superhero movie, right? With with Ross, you know, he helps T'Challa and and uh, the whole crew, you know, and and he has this cool little moment where he he helps out in the final battle. And I have to tell you, you know, that um, great viewing I went to at the Grand Lake Theater on opening Friday, there were so many moments when uh, the crowd applauded, you know, and there were there were a lot of African American people in the audience, you know. When Ross kind of did his part, he got tons of applause too. So that was super refreshing, you know. It wasn't like, okay, well, um, the black people in the audience were just supporting, like, the black characters. They were supporting all the heroes in the movie, you know. And um, I think we need that. I think we need that. And, you know, like I said, this movie isn't just for black people. It's not just for people of color this is for everybody you know a lot of people are saying this movie is for everyone everyone in america should see this movie you know okay so on to some of the stuff that didn't quite work so great for me so i did talk about how great a villain killmonger is in this movie and the the secondary villain is great too, Claw, you know, played by Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis uh, is pretty awesome in this movie. He clearly is having a lot of fun with this character, and he's like um, completely off the wall, like loose cannon, you know. Um, and he uh, he is kind of cliche. There's not a lot of depth depth to his character, uh, but he he's just fun, you know. He's he's just wild. Um, and, and I did like the performance. The drawbacks, though, I think, are, are this. There are two scenes that could have been, like, amazing, right? Black Panther, he, sh- he has a showdown with Claw in Korea. And then Black Panther also has a final showdown with Killmonger in Wakanda. So first, the Claw battle. So in a historical context, going back to the comics, you know, Claw is like the original arch nemesis of Black Panther. He is like the the baddie to T'Challa, you know? Um, the, the first villain T'Challa came across was Claw. So the first appearance of Black Panther in comics was Fantastic Four 52. And in that issue, it's a great comic um he actually takes on the fantastic four but there's no real like villain of of the story that doesn't happen till the next issue fantastic four 53 that's the first appearance of claw and you know that's when we do see black panther uh, take on claw and then it didn't end there too like um there's a great black panther versus claw matchup in uh, the Reginald Hudlin run of Black Panther. And I, I believe the um, the trade is called Who is the Black Panther? Um, but Claw takes on Black Panther, and it's great. 
So I was kind of looking forward to like this epic showdown, you know, just because it's like not the final battle doesn't mean you can't have an awesome action scene in the middle of the movie, right? As it was, that scene was kind of a dud. Like T'Challa takes out Claw like super easily. And I was like, that's it? So kind of lame. But in the back of my mind, it was preceded by like an awesome action scene in the casino, followed by an awesome car chase scene, right? So I was like, okay, I can maybe live with that. Particularly with um, the thinking that, well, there's probably going to be a pretty awesome like final battle, right? So everything was sort of leading up to this showdown between T'Challa and Killmonger. Well, the second showdown, right? The first battle was uh, the ritual combat scene at the top of the waterfall. Like I said, that was cool. Like, that was great. Um, this final so- showdown, though, was... I thought that was kind of a dud, you know? First of all, you see these two characters, Killmonger and Black Panther, fall down into the vibranium, like, mind shaft area. And um, that looked hella fake, man. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but, like, you saw, like, these two characters, like, in their Black Panther suits falling down. And it looked like it looked, it looked like bad video game CG, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. But then I was thinking, okay, once they land and they, they face off, like, here we go. That's probably going to be awesome. But, yeah, it never really, it never really panned out. Like, that, that scene sort of just ended like um black panther did like this kind of fancy move uh where he like turns the table on killmonger and he stabs killmonger with his own blade um but yeah i don't know that that, that, it left me kind of like wanting more out of that final confrontation you know so that that was kind of a dud so has to be said, you know, particularly when I think about it, the action scenes that I've highlighted, those are mainly with T'Challa out of the Black Panther suit, right? The ritual combat scenes, as well as um, the casino scene. T'Challa is out of his suit. Um, So I really wanted to see, like, the Black Panther as we know him in his black suit kicking some ass. Um, we kind of got to see that in the, um, or yeah, no, we really got to see that in the car chase where he's like um, on top of the car and everything. That was cool. But I wanted to see more, man. I wanted to see an awesome fight with Claw. I wanted to see an awesome fight with Killmonger. And yeah, that was, that was a bit lacking. I'm telling you, if those two scenes were done as they should have been done, like awesomely done. And this would have been like the perfect movie. It would have been like 10 out of 10, baby, you know. But as it is, uh, yeah, left me wanting a little bit more. You know, I can't get too nitpicky here because there's a lot to love about this movie. Uh, but if there were two things, yeah, I would call that out. The uh, Black Panther versus Claw showdown and the final Black Panther versus Killmonger showdown. So as it is, I still enjoyed the film immensely. And um, 
you know, I know Perfurio and I are doing this whole, like, countdown to Infinity War, and we're, like, dissecting all the MCU movies, and we're gonna, like, rank them and everything. And I even ranked, you know, the MCU movies to date a, a little while ago after Thor Ragnarok. Um, but I can say right now, definitively, uh, Black Panther does fall into my top five. Top five MCU flicks, definitely. There's no question. Um, exactly where it lies, um, kind of leaning toward uh, four. So I'd say four or five. Number four or number five. Um, yeah. Stay tuned on that countdown to <laughs> Infinity War. We'll, we'll, we'll get into all the details, but like just uh, at this moment, no question, no question. Black Panther is is in the top five Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you know, if you know me, you know that's huge, man. Because I fucking love these movies, man. I love these movies. And Black Panther is among the best of them. So, all hail the king, man. Hallelujah. All right. So, uh, last little bit of business here. Um could be regarded as unrelated to Black Panther, but there was uh, a recent news story. Joss Whedon has left the Batgirl film. So let's talk about this a little bit. Kind of interesting because uh, we could look at this a number of ways, right? So we could look at it as, you know, the continued fall of Joss Whedon. Um, look, you know, Joss Whedon has not had the best press as of late, you know, the, um, the allegations from his ex-wife, the failure of Justice League, um, you could even go back to the failure of, uh, Avengers 2, you know, um, his work on the first Avengers movie was so phenomenal and groundbreaking that uh, where we see him now, you know, you can't help but think like, well, things have kind of turned around for the worst, right? Um, but yeah, so him leaving Batgirl, like that's kind of more fuel for the fire there, right? Um, another way we can look at it is, um, I mean, if you want to get into Marvel versus DC, <laughs> Which, you know, uh, comic book fans inevitably do. This is more fuel to the fire that, like, Marvel is just beating down DC, you know, with the success of Black Panther and then this news of, of uh, Whedon leaving Batgirl. It's like, what else can happen to DC? You know, we're looking at, like, uh, box office failure of Justice League and the success of, of Thor Ragnarok. And, like, look at Black Panther's success. Like, this is huge. You could also look at it this way. Interestingly, the news came out about Whedon leaving Batgirl after the huge opening weekend of Black Panther, right? So, yeah, I wanted to bring this up because, you know, like I had mentioned, well, the, the great positive ramifications of the success of Black Panther uh, won't be seen for a while, right? It might be a while before we we reap the benefits. Well, you know, um, this might be a sign that we're seeing 
some cool stuff happen earlier than later, right? And, you know, I love Joss Whedon, but maybe him leaving Batgirl has to do with the success not only of Black Panther, but of Wonder Woman. You know, both those movies were breakout hits, and they featured a female director and an African-American director, right? So maybe it's Hollywood executives starting to recognize that uh, that's kind of the way to go. If you have a female superhero movie like Batgirl, maybe you need a female director to, to get it done right. You know, like we saw that with Wonder Woman. Patty Jenkins did a great job. It was uh, really well received critically and commercially. Same thing with Black Panther, even more so, you know, even more so with Black Panther. And um, maybe people were just starting to think, oh, hey, maybe uh, we got to start doing that, you know. Maybe we can't let the... uh, the old white guy continue to helm these projects, right? Uh, so in that context, I think um, this uh, this move can be looked at as, as positive. You know, we'll see what happens. Like, will the Batgirl movie even happen? Um, if it does, then we'll see, right? We'll see. Well, will they have a female director uh, take the helm, you know? We'll see. Right now, there, there's a lot of question about, like, is this movie even going to happen now? And that might be a negative. Like, um, Whedon leaving the project for a female director, that would be pretty cool, right? Um, but if the movie doesn't even happen now, yeah, that's that would be unfortunate. So we'll see. We'll, we shall see. Uh, for now, let's continue to bask in the glory of Black Panther. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. And to do that, can't help but say, Wakanda forever. Peace out.